This week's episode is brought to you by FiddlePiddle.com, the online global toy marketplace where people come together to sell, buy, and collect toys. That's FiddlePiddle.com. And now, on with the show. This GAFE mess is a lot of fun. What do you think? It's truly interesting. The three-dimensional color pictures are extraordinary. I find these how-to-play-football reels very instructional. I always considered the GAF Viewmaster an ingenious invention of great educational value. Gee, I always thought it was just a lot of fun. In this month's Toy Story tie-in, we will be going over a handheld device that could transport you to an entirely different world just by using your eyes. This is the story of the Viewmaster. This is Toys R Us. All of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, all of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, all of my best friends are toys. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Welcome back to Toys R Us, your weekly venture into the massive fields of our nostalgia. My name is Richard Hunt, and with me once again is my cousin and co-host, Brian Muth. Good day, everybody. Oh, hi, Dr. Muth. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about the Viewmaster. Okay. I like it. Uh, you like it. You might not like the people behind it. Oh, or probably at least, not. At least one of the persons behind it. I got a bad feeling about this, Chewy. <sighs> Don't tell me the odds. So, we're going to start this story way, way, way back in time. Just jump right in. Into the time machine. We're going back to 1838. That's where we meet up with a Sir Charles Wheatstone. Oh, Charles Wheatstone. Hi, I'm Charles oh, Wheatstone. Wheatstone. Oh, yes. I believe you know my father. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Charles Wheatstone was responsible for the creation of the stereoscopic viewer. The early stereoscopic viewer used mirrors and drawings to create a perception of death when looking at images through it. Okay. So it's like... Technology is great, right? Yeah. And as things advance, there's a lot of more opportunities to like make life better. Sure. But think about like the talent and creativity that had to come in to a realize you could use mirrors to like bounce an image back, and b drawing in to create that depth of field. Right. And and this can harken over to horror movies too, like oh, absolutely practical effects are always going to be better Superior. than fucking CGI. Absolutely. Look when they did that, like, prequel to the thing. Oh, uh, get out of my like, head. I was just going to say that. They they originally did do all practical effects, yep, but, but then, then they, they stopped it. Yeah. They, they made them, the, the studio were like, no, you know, go back in there. Which is terrible. But all the footage of the practical effects is out there anyway, and it just looks ten times better. And it's, it's like, awesome. fuck, man? Yeah. Yeah. It's real shitty. Because if even if they tried to do like the CG stuff in like the eighties for the thing, it wouldn't have it would not nearly be as much a classic as um, it is now. Case in fucking point, Spawn. Good call. Spawn has not aged well. No, it hasn't. <sighs> not at all. And I mean it's it's not even Martin Sheen's fault for this. <laughs> <laughs> for once. Now Baller soundtrack though. Oh fucking that and the uh the crow soundtrack. Oh, dude, that was that was man. my teenage years, man. So fucking good. Oh. 
that's like that's like nihilism where back in the day it was not cool to be nihilistic right now everybody's like right i'm so depressed <laughs> it's like stop yeah it's like dude we were doing it way before yeah. you and we are way it's not cute to be depressed okay no. <laughs> it's not dude i wouldn't wish that shit on my worst no. enemy and i am a hateful person oh yeah there's uh, i'm filled with spite yeah i survive on spite and nicotine <laughs> that's actually pretty fucking spot on yeah it's like i found a way to metabolize human suffering Oh, shit. Yeah. That's some Cinnabite shit. Yeah, it really is. That's like a Cinnabite workout program. <laughs> Find a way to metabolize human suffering. Like, metabolize oh. your pain. For three easy payments of twenty nine ninety five. For three easy payments of six sixty six. <laughs> your weight loss will be legendary, even in hell. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so from the early stereoscopic viewer... The less involved Brewster stereoscope was created and introduced at the Great Exhibition of 1851 in London. These old-fashioned stereoscopes consisted of two lenses, one for each eye, through which two side-by-side photos or images on mounted cardstock would be viewed. So it's kind of like how the reels worked, except they were just slid in. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Instead of a circle. Right, right. Um... And stereoscopic viewers have come a long way since those days, and they're, like, still evolving. Um, you know, like, virtual reality Oh, yeah, reality like the, uh, the augmented reality, yeah, the VR headsets and whatnot. For the most part, it's it's, it's kind of just been bastardized versions of the original stereoscopic viewer, you know? R.I.P. Virtual Boy. <sighs> you know, it's it, it was ahead of its time. It was. But it was very flawed. Yeah, headache-inducing, I think, oh, would yeah, be yeah, the yeah. Uh, adjective I would use. It's like... You imagine that's what the inside of a robot's brain looks like. Exactly. You know, it's just everything's fucking red and black. Yeah, you just got... You you plug your face into that, and all of a sudden you have Terminator vision. Basically, yeah. yeah. No shit. Um... Yeah, so they're, they're, all, they're all pretty much the same, because the whole idea is just... They present two images that are viewed simultaneously, but they're channeled in between your left and right eye right. to create that illusion of right. depth. Yeah. Um, which is like just supposed to show you how easily fucking tricked your brain is. Yeah. The, dude, the human brain, while it's, being... so f- it's complex, but you're so fucking stupid. Stupid sometimes. It's like, oh, it's stupid, but then it's like a machine far beyond anything else because just think, like, Harken back to the uh, Christmas special, yeah. where I have completely blocked out that uh, Leprechaun's Christmas oh, yeah, yeah. memory, and it's like, okay, cool. So yes, my brain made me completely forget that, and I am very thankful for it. it it's the way it deals with But traumas. it's also easily duped, like, two pictures for brain? Uh, 3D. Brain confused! <laughs> me see 3D. How? How 3D? Me Please explain. <laughs> so... We're going to leave old Sir Charles Wheatstone. See ya, Charlie. And head a hundred years into the future, where he has long since been decomposed. Oh, yeah. He's dust at this point. Yeah. Uh, it's 1938, and we are introduced to a man named Harold Graves. Okay. Now, when you say 1938, I imagine bad things, because... Oh. We'll get there. Oh, boy. So, Harold Graves, which... Kind of sounds like a badass spy. It does. Harold Graves. Better than James Bond. Oh, shit. Um, 
or at least at the very least, like a shitty new metal band frontman. Oh yeah, you know, like Her- I'm Harold Graves. I'm Harold Graves. I have so much pain. Like you feel like he'd be in Black Veil Brides. Yeah. Or like maybe one of the people Gerard Way kicked out of My Chemical. Oh romance. yeah. Or or like the lead singer of a shitty Misfits cover band. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good call. Um, in actuality, Harold was the president of Sawyer's Photographic Services, a company that specialized in scenic postcards. Oh. Which, back in the day, fuck. Yeah, that was a huge You business. know he was making crazy amounts bank. of money. Dude, bank. Harold was visiting the Oregon Caves National Monument, and what he found there was not only a beautiful sight, but a date with destiny itself, because at that very moment he was there, another man was there as well. Uh, a man with a diehard-esque villain name. Hans Gruber? William Gruber. Oh! Uh, William was a huge photography buff, and his trip to the Oregon Caves was not just for leisure, uh, he was on his honeymoon. Oh, good for him. But he was also working on something special, and Harold Graves noticed that he was using a camera that was odd, to say the least. Okay. Because it wasn't actually a camera, it was two cameras kind of just like Frankenstein together. Ah. And Harold was not about to leave without figuring out what the fuck it was. He's like, I gotta see what this shit's about. He's like, now look, I've seen some shit in my day, but what the fuck is that? This is next level. So, Gruber explained that he planned to update the stereoscopes common in the 19th century drawing rooms. Which is just like, that's a thing that could only exist in the 19th fucking century. (laughs) It's true. Uh, Please bring my teeth into the drawing room, please. Yes, thank you. Drawing room. The fuck out of here. Uh, Where they're all wearing smoking jackets. Oh, yeah. And one monocle and for whatever yes. the fuck that's purpose it serves. Yeah. It's just I like, need to see just one out of, just out of one, one eye, eye please. please yes. Fucking stupid. Uh, Gruber had planned on updating them by producing three-dimensional color slides and a new handheld viewer. Oh, that's cool. By the next morning, the two men had a deal to produce the Viewmaster. Boom. Uh, Graves and Gruber, which sounds like a 70s folk duo... It does. Uh, debuted the Viewmaster to the public at the 1939 World's Fair in New York. Okay. So it's like, not nice to not be at the Toy Fair. Yeah. It's just the World's Fair. Um, they actually sold them as souvenirs. Oh, that's cool. So that's fucking... Already you can tell that you got two businessmen here. Yeah, you got some sharp... Sharp tags here. Uh, afterward, they sold the devices at specialty photography and stationery stores, and the reels depicted scenes from national parks like the Grand Canyon and other landscapes around the United States. Uh, the early reels came in a gold envelope, Ooh. Uh, and they were dark blue, and they had gold stickers that had hand lettering on it. So, like, they were just, now, like... that's fancy. Yeah, they because they were hand-making this shit. You know? Right, right. It was the 40s. There was, like... No real mass production on things like that at this point. Um, In 1941, more than 100,000 stores offered Viewmasters. Holy shit. So just in three years. That's incredible. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, There was just one hurdle. The lenses for the viewers were proving hard to source. Oh. And eager to help, Gruber... Gruber, Matthew Gray Googler. Oh, God. <laughs> our our uh, Googler Geiger. Remember that show Mission Hill? Yeah. Yeah. That's a fucking throwback. Wow, that's a deep cut. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Gruber recommended Sawyer's use a German optical firm, 
which could produce the number needed at a reasonable 7.5 cents per lens. Okay, that's not bad. With inflation, that's like a buck fifty. That's so not, it's bad, not at bad at all. At all no. That's still a deal to this day. But by the time the deal was completed, trade embargoes had made doing business with Germany impossible. God damn Nazis. That's about it, yeah. Uh, the firm refunded payment directly to Gruber, who then cut a check to Sawyer's. However, and rightfully so, a German-born citizen being sent funds from the Nazi-occupied Germany raised a flag at Chase Banks. Oh, a huge red flag. Uh, the FBI was notified by their informant at the branch, which is such like a fucking that, that is, era. Yeah, it is. That's some like... Uh, He's like, hey, Smith, I need you to go down to the bank and be an informant. Yeah, it's like uh, some of that Joe McCarthy shit, you know? Yep. The yep. Red Scare and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, the informant notified them, and and Gruber was cornered for an explanation. He had one, and, like, it was legitimate. Right. But there was also no denying that Gruber was a just crazy Nazi sympathizer. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, he had he had not shied away from being vocally supportive of Hitler jeez. when he arrived in Portland in 1924. Uh, wow. He was Jesus. Oh, yeah. So this Man, is like, he's like an OG yeah, true believer. Like 16, 17 years of riding Hitler's dick. Jesus. Um, shortly after the Viewmaster debuted in 1939... Gruber was remanded to Idaho where his assets were frozen and he faced charges of espionage. Holy shit. Where do you send people that you want to get rid of? <laughs> Fucking Idaho. But Bust you know in Idaho, what, man? Potatoes. Fuck it. I'm about is to it? say, that's... Idaho is known for potatoes, bro. If you send me to a place that... Oh, no. I'm going to live here with potatoes. Dude. Think about the... We could do a fucking... The shrimp scene from Forrest Gump oh, yeah. with potatoes. The different things you can do with potatoes. God damn. We'll man. update it for today's like smoking weed out of a potato. Or... Oh, yeah. You know, getting baked potatoes. Baked potatoes. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So while the Viewmaster got a welcome reception from the general public in 1940, the rationing of film and paper made it an expendable product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sawyers feared that it would never regain that momentum. But in a reversal of fortune, the U.S. military saw an opportunity. The Viewmaster was a perfect vehicle to show soldiers slides of aircrafts and ammunition for easy identification. That's perfect. It's so fucking funny Dude. that this fucking invention from this this like very this vocal Nazi, Nazi supporter helped to identify Nazi uh, weapons and vehicles. Helped to bring the Third Reich to its so knees. He's like, Oh no, I fucked up. Yeah. Hitler, please don't. I'll be good, I swear. I swear. Don't send me to the, to the Russian front. It was a mistake, I'm sorry. At virtually the same time Gruber was deep in potato country exile, the armed forces purchased more than 10,000 viewmasters and 6 million reels. And amid the educational slides were a few risque I was going to say nudie photos. Betty Page. Oh, that's what's up. Uh, it was word of mouth advertising Sawyer's could never have dreamed of buying. It's true. Uh, all the GIs who were impressed by Viewmaster while deployed came home and told their families about it. And instead of packing the household in a car for a trip, they could spend $1 for a viewer that came... And take a trip with, from the couch. Yeah. They came with seven slides and could transport them anywhere they want to go, really. Boom. Yeah. Because View, Viewmaster was an 
album of vacation photos that didn't require a vacation. That's true. Uh, by this point, Gruber had returned to Portland and to his normal life. Despite his Nazi advocacy, a federal judge had found that he was not a spy or working for German forces in order that his case be dropped. Well, I guess. If he's not, like... I mean, he's still an asshole. Yeah, he's still an asshole. But he's not working to... To undermine the United States and help the Reich. Um, After returning to Portland, Gruber struck up a friendship with Dr. David Bassett, who was then teaching at the University of Washington before moving to Stanford. (laughs) Does he turn into a giant Hulk? Uh, Jesus Christ. Sorry, had to... It just sounds like a very comic booky name. It does, Doctor yeah. David Bassett. But he would he would turn into a giant Bassett. Oh, just like howling and knocking over garbage cans. Uh, like uh, what you call it? Earthworm Jim's dog friend. Like oh, Peter Puppy. Yeah. yeah. Um, with Bassett's assistance, Gruber wanted to use the potent visual stimulus of the Viewmaster to record the human anatomy in exacting detail. Ooh. That project, a stereoscopic atlas of the human anatomy, used dissected cadaver tissue to highlight intricate maps of nerves, muscles, and tendons. Now that is baller. Yeah, it's pretty That's fucking awesome. That's fucking rad. Uh, they sliced open brains and spinal cords, logging an unprecedented tour of the body. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, the Nazi tie wasn't even the worst thing tied to the history of the Viewmaster. Oh, no. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Uh, for now, we jump to 1951, where we find the Viewmaster has acquired its main competitor, a film strip production company, True View, and with it, the stereo licensing rights to all Disney characters. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Grays and Gruber hit the jackpot. Uh, Viewmaster began offering stills from Disney movies and television programs, and suddenly the device had tremendous kid appeal. And movies and TV characters outside of the realm of Disney became a staple of the Viewmaster line as well. Captain Kangaroo, Pinky Lee, the original Mouseketeers, Roy Rogers, Flipper, and the Monkeys have all been immortalized in the Viewmaster. Yep. That's awesome. In 1955, Viewmaster introduced three real packets, which often came with storybooks, and they began phasing out just single reels. Okay. That same year, Disneyland opened in Anaheim, California, Uh-oh. and tourists could purchase scenes from the new theme park in Viewmaster form. That is cool. It's fucking smart. That's like, oh man, that is like right on point. Oh, absolutely. Uh, in 1955, during the 50s, when 3D movies were like the hot, hot shit, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Viewmasters would be placed and movie theater lobbies loaded with preview reels of upcoming features. That's cool. That's that's smart, too. That's so fucking Damn. smart. Moviegoers would look through the viewers to get a taste of 3D films like House of Wax with Vincent Price. Oh, yes. Uh, they called him Hondo with John Wayne, and it came from outer space. Only 29 films were previewed this way, and so those reels are like... They gotta be like gold. Oh, oh absolutely. Um... A House of Wax reel recently sold for more than $300. Holy shit! Yeah. Uh, Sawyer's, Viewmaster's parent company, was purchased by General Aniline and Film Corporation, or GAF, a company who finally uses an acronym. About time. Yeah, it's GAF. Um, They pushed through several Viewmaster innovations, including the Talking Viewmaster and Viewmaster projectors. Hey... 
Which ah. I, I, I don't know how that would work. Without the, the lenses? Because, yeah, because, you know, you, the whole thing is, like, your two eyes are making you feel like there's depth. Right. I don't know how that would work with a projector. Now, would it project two distinct images at the same time, or is it I just, like, a single lens? Be, right? Right. I would think so. Uh, the 1969 Apollo moon landing was also depicted in a Viewmaster reel. Oh, I bet that would be baller as yeah. fuck. Often failed TV shows would end up as Viewmaster reels, and mm. those include mm. The Smith Family, starring Henry Fonda, Korg, 70,000 BC, Apple's Way, Julia, and Isis. Whoa, those are failed, because I'm a TV junkie and I've yeah, never heard of no any of those. no fucking idea. Uh... The cult TV shows of the 60s, though, like Lost in Space, The Munsters, and The Addams Family are particularly popular with uh, collectors now, yeah. The Viewmaster dipped in popularity in the 70s, and around 1980, Arnold Thayer Thayer? Thayer acquired the rights to Viewmaster, creating the Viewmaster International Company. Nice. Uh, Later, he purchased the Ideal Toy Company and merged Viewmaster into that line. And then Tyco... Bought them in 1989, and then in 1997, Tyco was bought by Mattel. Boom. <laughs> Which rebranded Viewmaster under Fisher-Price. Yep, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's when they made, like, the plastic yeah, red ones with yeah. the orange handle. The yeah. Which is the one that's in Toy Story. Right, right. Um, Fisher-Price had a custom division which produced custom reels. These images were supplied, and Fisher-Price made them. Many companies use the reels to communicate their messages. In addition, this division made scenic titles, which were sold as souvenirs. For instance, Biltmore States in North Carolina. Okay. Crazy Horse. Nice. Uh, Graceland. Cool. Uh, an Evergreen Museum. And they have all produced three reel sets, which were sold on location. That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean... That's like, smart. I like that. Basically, anywhere that was like a tourist touristy yeah. had a had a Viewmaster reel. Viewmaster world's giant rubber band ball. <laughs> Shit, it's coming right at me. Oh, there um, it goes. This division was closed in December 2008, and custom reels ceased to be made. Aww. However, in late 2009, Alpha Alpha Scene hmm. announced that it would take up production of the custom and scenic reels under agreement with Fisher Price. Um. And in, in, in 1999, the Viewmaster was introduced, uh, was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Cool. Hall of Fame. Yeah. So now, remember how I told you the Nazi tie wasn't even the scariest skeleton in Viewmaster's closet? Yeah, hit me. Well, that would be because while it took decades to be revealed, the Viewmaster plant in Beaverton that had opened in 1951 was found to have concentrations of the degreaser trichlor. <laughs> I don't even know how to fucking pronounce this. Yeah, Tri- let me see. What do we got? The greaser. Mm. Oh, trichloroethylene. Yes. Trichloroethylene. Yes. That's some. That's some serious shit, dude. Yes. So, <laughs> in in that warehouse, there was more than three hundred and twenty times the legal limit. Holy shit! Yeah, much of it seeping into the well water that employees drank. <laughs> God damn. Uh, so it was basically like Aaron Brockovich because yeah. like, so many of those people got cancer. Oh, uh, man. It's fucked up. That is so fucked up. Uh, they finally closed it permanently in, 2013. in 2001. What? Oh, shit. I <laughs> so was just 50, kidding. That's exactly 50 years. Oh. 
And granted, um, like it probably did take that long for people to finally put two and two together. But fuck, man. The Beaverton Production Facility celebrating fifty years of getting cancer. Jesus. Uh, of Viewmaster's lesser scandals, Gruber made a fair pass at redeeming himself. Oh, good. But that's only like when the extent of Hitler's like homicidal tendencies came yeah, out. More he was like, "Ooh, uh, He's like, I fucked I up." I don't I think I want to be tied to this genocidal that's like, asshole. That's like, uh, are we the baddies? Yeah. <laughs> Look, there's skulls everywhere. <laughs> are, are we the baddies? Um. He, so yeah, he realized he made a mistake about the Fuhrer's leadership quality, and he no longer made his politics public business which isn't to say that he like yeah, still denounced like, it under or the anything, rug but yeah he just yeah. wasn't vocal about it um let's see what about all the good things hitler did <laughs> he was an artist you know he kept the trains running on time uh the volkswagen come yeah. on punch buggy <laughs> <laughs> uh basically the, like the last 14 years of his life he worked on that uh like the Viewmaster thing for the body. Okay. That's um, still, that's super impressive. He died in 1965. Okay. Uh, and while Viewmaster is probably best known for its licensed entertainment properties in the 1970s and 80s, its most lasting contribution may have come from a re- rehabilitated Nazi sympathizer. Because to this day, the Atlas and its 1,500 images are considered to be one of the finest dissection projects ever captured on film. Kind of like the gold standard of... Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. awesome. So now, I was going to list every type of Viewmaster reel ever made. You'd be here for a long but I quickly, time. Yeah, I quickly learned that's a fool's errand because it would take hours, if not days. Yeah. There's over 1.5 billion different types of reels. Holy balls. Yeah. Uh, there's reels made for everything including animals, insects, national parks, national monuments, Disney tie-ins, Barbie, Spider-Man... Batman, yeah, particularly George Clooney Batman. Oh, good lord! Yeah, of all the Batmans to pick, yeah. you pick the worst one. Uh, Captain America, Casper, Family Matters, Masters of the Universe, ah, Family Matters. Uh, <laughs> did I do that? Uh, <laughs> Muppets, form. yeah, Muppets, Peanuts, Small Soldiers, and X Men. Okay. Uh, in addition to the countless reels that have been made. The viewers themselves have also been made in dead many different forms, including Spider-Man. Cool. Batman, but again, specifically Batman George Forever. Clooney. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's that's not much better. No. Uh, Mickey Mouse, Santa Claus, a jack-o'-lantern, Darth Vader. Oh. Minions. Oh. I know. Hello Kitty, Scooby-Doo, and Barbie. See, they earned themselves points with uh, Darth Vader, but lost them immediately with minions. Yeah, minions. I don't, I don't know. That fart gun's pretty rad that they put out. Though. Yeah, that's kind of fucking badass. But you know what? If it was 20 years ago, it could have been a running stimpy fart gun. It really could have been. sold way better. Billions. Um, and with that, we take a visit to our little friend, the Fact in the Box. My favorite. Viewmaster is the highest 
we've seen so far in Time's Top 100 Toys. Okay, where are we at? in at number 14. Number 14? Crack the top yeah. 20. I like it. Uh, the collective scene for Rare and Vintage Viewmaster Reels is cutthroat and extremely competitive. I bet it is. Because there's several people to claim to be the number one collector. Dude, collectors are fucking sharks. Oh, yeah? I speak from experience. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to get fucking... They're going to sharpen a Viewmaster reel. And, and cut fucking, fucking cut your neck open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a Viewmaster reel that says out of print around the perimeter is really just a reel that had several topics in one. Because any leftovers, they oh. would put onto one reel and type out of print so they could be sold as rarities. Well, okay. I mean, which they are, because, yeah. you know... It's just like if you see something nowadays and it's a variant thing, yeah. it'll say at the bottom... You know, the package you get may look different. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine, you know. Like, they yeah. do that a lot with, like, uh, colored vinyl records. Yeah, absolutely. Which is cool, because that means you have something completely different from something somebody that unique. bought it at the same time, you yep. know? Um, the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II remains to be the highest-selling reel, as 1.5 million units were sold during <laughs> the year. They probably forced all the British to buy them. <laughs> that's true. You know, I didn't <laughs> think about that, but that's pretty fucking true. Uh... They sold 1.5 million units just in the year after her coronation. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, and this is my favorite fact. Okay? All right. Hit me. A Canadian restaurant in the early 90s called Eastside Mario's used Viewmasters to display their dessert menus. See, now that is badass. Yeah. I like that yeah. a lot. It's so fucking smart. Dude. Because you can get a good feel for what it looks yeah, like in depth. Like, okay, like, oh, so this fuck. is about the size of the cheesecake. Because if like you see it. a picture of apple pie, you're like, look, yeah, I know I'm going to like that. Yeah. But what what's the crust look like? What's mm-hmm. the consistency? If you yeah. got an in-depth look at the fucking yeah, apple you, pie you're going to order, you're sneak like, preview, oh. man. That's, yeah. that's right on the money. Because, like, I, I can think of, I love bread pudding, but not everybody makes bread pudding right. That's a fact. Same with rice pudding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't want fucking water. No. <laughs> you know what? It's got to be, fu- same thing with oatmeal, dude. Uh, I don't understand people that eat oatmeal and it's, like, runny. Ugh. No, bro. It, it's got to be thick. Same thing with cream of wheat. Yeah. Like, you can't have, like, runny-ass no, cream of ugh. wheat. It's just gross. I don't, ugh. Ugh. That's, that's, like, one of the reasons why, like, I have to eat a bowl of Fruity Pebbles fast. Yeah, because you don't you know, want because, it to turn like, If you let it sit there, it's just fucking... Ugh. It just turns into like a fruity gruel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we arrive at the end of another wild ride here at Toys R Us. Uh, I had no idea that, you know, a Nazi sympathizer co-invented the Viewmaster. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, but shit, I mean, they made it have a lasting legacy, you they, know? They really it's, did. It's still going even today. Yep. Which is fucking impressive. Really is. I mean, for something so simple. It's Created just... in 1938. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's bananas. Um, if you like what you heard and you'd like to support us, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Toys R Us podcast. Um, we're going to be rolling out the nostalgic boxes. At, at this point, we should be sending them out Within a week. Okay. For when this episode airs. Um, you can also follow us on all social medias under Toys R Us Podcast. We're pretty awesome like that. Um, we post a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, like we do. Question of the day and like random facts and everything. Um, Contests, whatnot. Yeah, oh yeah, contest. Uh, if you could, and if you could, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. It's a beast that needs to be fed. 
It is. Uh, it's so far from an ego thing. It's just, it's really what's going to push us up the charts. Yep. Um, until next time, remember that your Nazi ties will come back to bite you in the ass. And remember, you will always be a Toys R Us kid. I'd like to thank our producer-level patrons, including Jeremy, Jessica, Natalie, Amy, Nicole, Nicole, Patrick, Juanita, Shannon, and Steven. Thank you so much for your support. It really means the world to us.